Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 263 of the Nerd Travaganza podcast, where it's always game time, except when it's hurricane time. I'm Tom, and I'm joined by my busily preparing co-hosts, Cat5Cam and Boredom Up Brian. What's up, guys? Hello. Hey, man. And I feel it is appropriate for me to have some uh, pre-hurricane, well, to make light, given the fact that I'm now thousands of miles out of the danger zone, and also because I have uh, survived my share of hurricanes. I know what you guys are going through. Battening down the hatches. Yeah. Looking for good books to read. Yeah, it is a good chance to catch up on your reading, as the power will be out. Don't plan on doing it on the internet, though, right? Nope. No e-books this time. Yeah. I guess if you charged up a Kindle or something, you might get away for a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, I, uh, of course, I'm up in the Seattle area now, but I originally hail from South Florida, which is where Brian and Cam are, and where, unfortunately, it looks like they're about to take a real walloping from this storm that's rolling towards the U.S., so hope you guys have your preparations well underway, and as you said, are battening down the hatches. Yeah, I mean... We're underwater and you're on fire, right? <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. So there are some wildfires nearby. We had some several weeks back and now they have resumed. And so, yeah, it makes for a red sun and a red moon and a lot of haze. But uh, I'll take that over the destructive force of a hurricane. The apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, until of course, if the flames are licking at my door, then suddenly it becomes much more immediate. But yeah, this is a this is a better problem to have, I think, considering what you guys are going to be facing in the, over the next few days. Like blood moons, blood, you know, whatever's ashes and fires and hurricanes and storms and nuclear war. And it's like, <laughs> it's like the apocalypse or the watchmen, at least. Yeah, they're all ill omens, right? Like everything's happening all at once. And yeah, so I'll resist the temptation to do a uh, why can't we just nuke a hurricane out of existence episode. <laughs> because that's a little too close to the news right now, you know, in, outside of the nerdospheres. But anyway, let's, uh, while we still can, focus on things nerdy. So before I let you guys go to focus on things much more serious and uh, get into tonight's episode a little bit later, which is going to be about my recent trip to PAX. I went to the Penny Arcade Expo, PAX West, here in Seattle. Well, there in Seattle. I'm not quite in Seattle myself. And it was a really good show for me this year. I think there were just a lot of things that kind of uh, rung bells for me, so to speak. So looking forward to talking about that. I shared some of the links to the things I saw with you guys, and I'd like to get your impressions. So that'll make for a fun pre-hurricane topic. First, though, let's blow through the happenings (laughs) in our nerdy lives from last week with our weekly geekly Geekly Weekly Update, and Cam, since you typically will follow up with the news, I'll let you go ahead and go first. All right, well, um, obviously, like you said, we've been uh, hurricane prepping like mad down here, put up my shutters, got water and all that crap, um, food, and filled up my car with gas, and you know all the good stuff you're supposed to do to get ready for the hurricane. Hopefully, it'll just scoop by us or you know won't be as bad as they say it's going to be on the news. Um so that's the not, I guess that's taken up most of my week. But otherwise, I've been, uh, last night was actually pretty cool. Um, I don't know how many of our listeners have been following um, Allison Hayslip on social media, but she uh, she and her podcast have been playing Zombie 15, the yellow zombie game. It's a, Oh. Yeah, for those that don't know, it's a, it's a zombie escape game, essentially. You set up a set up a terrain set and then you and your friends basically have to escape 
uh, a horde of zombies uh, and you do it within 15 minutes. It's all based on a soundtrack. You have The soundtrack is exactly 15 minutes and you have to get through the scenario um, and uh, basically escape, uh, you know, in order to win the game. Um, it's 15 minutes, 15 scenarios, zombie 15. So there's the theme there. Um, and so she and her podcast mates uh, over the over three sessions, last night was the, the, fi- the third and final sessions, played through all 15 scenarios uh, on uh, on a streaming service called Caffeine TV that uh, one of their podcast mates, uh, her, her, one of her podcast mates, Alex, is a, p- a part of. And so I was there as the yellow representative rules lawyer, basically. Uh, I, I was <laughs> I was on screen with them, making sure they didn't cheat or, you know, do anything untoward. Um, and so it was pretty cool. They... they um, I mean, it's, it was literally like probably, I'd say, 14 or 15 hours of them playing over all five casts. Uh, wow. Streams. I think the first one they did six hours. The second one they did four hours. And last night they did about four, between four and five hours. Because they only take 15 minutes each, but, you know, they were setting up and, you know, <clears throat> having fun and drinking and eating and, you know, doing shit in between. And there was a chat going on at the same time. So... It was pretty cool. So, and and every time they had a successful scenario, we I gave away a different yellow game or or one of Allison's, you know, King of Tokyo, uh, her little ex- exclusive promo pieces. Um, so it was cool. Yeah. So they 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 defeated the alpha zombie at the end of the game, uh, or at the end of the cast, uh, the, the the end of the stream last night. And so that that was that was really fun. And uh, yeah, that was the only really nerdy thing I guess I've done for the last week. That sounds pretty good. There was a lot. To- bundled in there there's of course allison yeah. our our favorite guest yes uh, the game from yellow and caffeine tv apparently a new cutting edge what is it like a streaming type of situation i just it's, i looked it up as we were talking so yeah it's very similar to twitch um but i think that I, and I, I don't know much about twitch actually um so you can tell me it, it, it or not um you can't like it's weird like you're on there and it's like it's gone forever though like you can't like really it doesn't get recorded anywhere you just stream it and then it's gone into the ethos like it, it's never to return um i don't know maybe the government's recording it or something who knows but like you know as far as like local recording or like any kind of like server you know like how we used to do our podcast on youtube like, yeah it gets it gets recorded there and it's it stays there lives there this service, like, uh, uh, and stream very, uh, Twitch very well may be like that. I just don't know. Um, but this, it just streams and then that's it. It's over. Even like the comments and stuff, there's no like chat log or anything like that. You just like, you write a chat, it pops up like a little balloon. People can like, like it. And, and if they, the more they like it, the longer it stays up, but then eventually it goes away and it's gone forever as well. You can't go wow. back and look at, you, know, you can't go back and look at any previous chats or previous comments. Um, and you also, which was a little bit like different for me. Like, I'm not going to say I didn't like it. I just don't, it's just, it was just different. So I don't know how I feel about it yet. Um, you don't know who's in the chat with you. You don't know like who's on the stream. You don't know how many people, I think you can tell, um, how many, like the people that you follow are on, but you can't tell like how many people are actually, I, as a watcher couldn't tell. I don't know what they were seeing on their end, but I, I didn't know how many people were watching. All I could see was like, oh, you know, Joe Blow, whatever, just made a comment and, and their comment would pop up. So I knew there was a lot of people watching because there was a lot of different comments popping up. But 
you know, I didn't know who was there or how many. And like, I couldn't like directly talk to one person except for like throwing my own comment out there and hoping that someone saw it and responded back. It's interesting. So it's kind of this, uh, I think as you were saying, in the ether, like it comes and goes basically. Yeah. It's just there and it's gone. I don't know. I think that that adds a different element to it. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know if I could build up my dream of having like, you know, a bunch of fanboys checking me out in my Samus costume while I play, but yeah. Hmm. I mean, look into that. I, I was worried because I was like, Oh my God, if this is the case, like the trolls are just going to come. Cause I mean, people are already so like shitty and trolly, like when shit gets recorded and is there for everyone to see. I mean, how many people, you know, you see, every week you see somebody, another idiot losing their job because they made some like racist comment or something. You know what I mean? Right. And right, then like right. now if like nothing's, if there's like no accountability, I mean, I guess someone could take a quick screenshot if they really wanted to, like if, if they, if they were really fast enough, but like, it's really quick. Like it pops up and it's there for a couple seconds and it'll stay a couple more seconds. If you, you know, if people click it and like it, but then those comments are gone. I don't know. Maybe the horror goes with them. So maybe it's not so bad. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Interesting. Well, I want to look into it. It sounds like we might have a ground floor opportunity now that you're an insider. Maybe we could get ourselves. Well, yeah, on. I mean, we, yeah, I, I'm I'm buddies with one of the guys that works there now, and um, hooked him up with some yellow games. So he's, uh, you know, if we wanted to go on and play some stuff, I'm sure we, he'd accommodate us. Sweet, nice, awesome, man. Well, like I said, a lot bundled into that update. Yeah, cool. What about you, Brian? What are you up to? Not a whole lot lately. I uh, spent the uh gosh i guess two weekends ago at MizuCon, that was uh that was that was interesting um very small so i can't really say it was like oh a fantastic time but you know new venue new date kind of a transition year for one of my favorite cons would you say it was smaller this year than the years past oh yeah, yeah i've yeah. been they- I've, I've been before but I didn't go this year. So. They they moved out of Mac to like some hotel down Dayland Way. And I think half the people that went before didn't want to go all the way to Dayland. And they, they didn't really pick up a lot of new people from that area. Gotcha. For those of you that don't know, my, these are places in Miami that we're talking about. I think there's a potential for that area, but uh, needs more advertising. So Mac is the Miami Airport Convention Center, and it's kind of relatively centrally located. And this new location is what too far south? Um, you know, it's really like nightlifey, really touristy. So I, I just don't think there were any locals like to to go to a con, you know. And the convention wasn't big enough to draw in, like, you know, the the drunk weekender crowd. Okay, so MizuCon, I've enjoyed that in the past. And uh, by transition, you say that is there a – because of venue or is there new management too? Or are they just kind of trying out a new formula? I don't know. I personally like Mac, but everybody bitches about it. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. No one likes Mac anymore. Hmm. So they just wanted to get away from it. Okay. I always thought it was fine. Yeah, I like the Mac too. Especially now that they've, like, sort of fixed the – highways that go there for a lot of years like getting there the highways were just atrocious to try to get there because they were doing so much construction and shit but uh, i mean anyway from my house it's, it's really quick it's like a sh- quick shot right there 
Yeah. I, uh, I do remember like years ago that one U-turn because you have to drive past the convention center and then turn back in. Right. That would be like a two-hour U-turn. Yeah. Yeah, but those days are long gone. Yeah, I do remember some challenges reaching the venue and then parking being awkward and so on. But, you know, you endure what you can. Although I also stayed at the hotel there before, which made it very good. Yeah, that's that's the way to go if you can. Yeah. I think that really killed Mizu too, because that hotel sucked. Oh, that sucks. I, I think, uh, have we have we not seen other, well, no, that little con that was up in Deerfield Beach, that hotel was decent, right? Um, That's funny, dude. <laughs> uh, that hotel was decent. That was a super con. No. Um, that was I'm, anime super con, dude, in Deerfield? No, no, I do remember there being a Supercon in Deerfield, but there. what was the other smaller convention in South Florida? Oh, Chibi? Yeah, Chibi Pa. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. were they they were in Deerfield. They have rebranded slash been taken over. They're called, well, they're not called Anime EY, but Anime EY is the con that is in that hotel now. Okay. I don't think I've been to an EY. Hmm. Well, I was thinking of other small cons that had you know, chosen a, a decent venue, I thought, and, and profited. So maybe there's an opening there for Mizu if they if they want to move north. I think, and, and this is just, I mean, I don't have any evidence or anything like this. I think the Palm Beach crowd's much better for small cons than the Miami crowd. The Miami crowd is all a bunch of like professionals, like grown people who want something to do that weekend not like the the college crowd who's like oh i love this and i'm gonna go you know gotcha escape sure so so audience who doesn't get it there's a tri-county area that comprises kind of south florida and you can also throw the keys in if you want that's all the way in the south miami is the southernmost county You've got Broward County in the middle where Fort Lauderdale and, the, and Deerfield Beach, the city I just references. And then Palm Beach County is the is the northernmost county. Brian's saying that crowd's more apt to filter down for a smaller con. Because they could come down to Deerfield. I think I think a lot of them came to Deerfield and had a great time. But I think Dadeland's asking too much from them. Yeah, that's a haul, man. Even when I lived in Broward, I didn't want, I didn't want to cross the border onto Dade County at all. So Yeah. Who knows where we're going to hold Ganza Con? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to come up with a gimmick and then we'll uh we'll, we'll announce Ganzacon as soon as we're ready then we'll be crushed by uh the bigger cons right we'll be destroyed <laughs> we'll just sell out to uh, anime expo there you go <laughs> make millions and retire <laughs> right right uh so that was we really beat up mizu there uh brian anything else not really kind of took a week off after that went to um orlando slash claremont did absolutely nothing up there i uh i I don't know i guess i pokemon goad but you know i do that down here so that that was not the point of the vacation right well the world of pokemon goes with you everywhere yeah gotta catch them all i don't know i think that's pretty much the only catchphrase i know this does ash have a catchphrase like believe it like naruto does or i think it's just pikachu i choose you okay well awesome i hope you had a good time and uh, welcome back to Hurricane Alley. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll see. Could be our last episode. Let's hope not. Yeah. I, I will hope not. How was uh, How was your fiery week? Yeah, well, I'm uh, dodging flames and inhaling smoke. Actually, it's not that bad. It's just a little hazy. And as I said, it's compared to what, the, you know, the hur- both Texas and now you guys are going to be going through. We have zero problems up here. Um, but this week's been good. I... 
of course, with the PAX, which is sort of motivating this week's episode, and I'll get into that later. Um, finally started playing Final Fantasy 15 in earnest, and I'm like diligently like plowing my way through side quests. And there's that like pinball type game within the game, like Hero Force 5 or something it's called. Do you recall? Oh, yeah. So I think what we surmised when we were playing originally, Brian, when we kind of did our little tandem play several months back was correct. Like you can fight the monsters and destroy the monsters, but it doesn't matter. You you're just supposed to like I think hit bumpers and stuff and like gather those treasure chests. Um, the only purpose of fighting the monsters is so that you can keep advancing and then gathering more chests. And uh, I, I to get the highest level prize, you have to get ninety nine. So I played until I got ninety nine chests on a low level table. Sorry, a low level pin. Were you able <laughs> to get them? I thought only the higher level ones had it. Yeah, you so your your prizes are just are just fewer or just are just less. But I got like this item that confers like a triple elemental uh resistance. So oh. kind of cool. Anyway, I'm enjoying that game and I'm kind of getting the combat down so it's not so completely like remember how we would like wreck one enemy and then just get like trashed by like a friggin' goat or something the next time we got into a fight? Um it's one of those combat systems where you you really have to follow the rules or you're just gonna get like trounced, it turns out. So I'm doing better now, I think. You and encounter any more uh, like mysterious samurai? No, I haven't ventured into that mine. I think that that place was way too high level for us, man. Like we were definitely not. Remember, the, like, didn't the samurai like just knock us 40 stories down into the dungeon? But it was more than one dungeon. That was just like a mysterious uh, hazard. Oh. Yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't encountered them because I haven't ventured into the into the du- dangerous deep dungeon yet. But hmm. I, uh, I'm sure I will. And let's see. I've uh... so yeah, playing 15. Oh, they made a couple improvements that you might want to know about. For one, you know how Propto takes photos during the game. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, audience, this is news to us because we haven't touched 15 in a while. So I'm updating Brian. <laughs> well, now there's like a photo contest thing now, and this week's topic was actually prompto and it actually has like a winner from like all the different regions like who won and so on so i don't know if that's ongoing or old school but it was interesting to see these photo contests that people were actively participating in a lot of uh sydney so she wasn't a topic it was just prompto uh gladio and i think one other person and uh yeah no sydney i mean cindy yet (laughs) oh i should point out that my companion saw late eyes on sydney sydney slash cindy for the first time and was duly <laughs> appalled like a straight up oh god <laughs> came out when she saw her to the point where when i was at pax i even texted her i'm like hey there's a 120 dollars like really high quality cindy statue here should i get her for you she did not find that amusing anyway yeah final fantasy 15 then kind of like side questing that and improvements yeah one the photo contest two Almost right away, you can upgrade the car, the regalia, to be an off-road regalia, so that instead of just kind of driving on the roads, you could just like hang up, you know, hang a left or right, just go bursting out into the wilderness, Brian. So they give you like a lot more freedom of movement. Um, I basically think that's something they patched in just because people kind of didn't like to like you know drive in the car for twenty-five minutes and then have to walk twenty-five minutes off-road. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's kind of cool. And I apparently the lesser monsters, you can just like plow right over. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. But you, know, you have to fight the tougher ones. So pretty cool. I'm into 15. I know you're not, but I'm enjoying it so far. 
let's see, apart from that on the gaming front and all the gaming I did at PAX, yeah, it's pretty much it. I haven't done any more gaming, just concentrating on 15. I did, however, get my new Roomba working. I discussed this last week. Brian, you weren't here. I have a new Roomba that my companion was kind enough to get for me for my birthday. And it put on its first run today and it encountered minimal obstacles and got through the run. And so I'm going to have to, this one is like smart enabled. It has like a scheduling app and I'm pretty sure I can tie it into the Amazon smart home device, which I can't name because I don't want it to activate right now. (laughs) And uh, I'll report back next week on how all that goes. Assuming you guys are available to record. Power have houses. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh it's very likely that we won't have an episode next week, depending on how this goes. So you'll, you'll have other priorities, but <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, power in houses. Let's hope. So that's it for my update. Just final fantasy 15, got my new Roomba working and I'm wishing you guys well next week. So I think that concludes our update. And with that, I suppose it's probably time to move on to the news outside our immediate storm path, I guess. And we like to do that in a segment we call the News Stravaganza. Uh, I have a feeling I'm going to need the subject of the next story, uh, or my first story anyway. Um, A Tokyo Zoo is offering itself as a refuge for anyone suffering from depression and anxiety. Wow. So, Brian, if our houses get blown away, we can just go to this Tokyo Zoo and just hang out and commune with the animals. Huh. Sweet. So, basically, they're saying that, uh, you know, animals, uh, I mean, their whole pitch basically is like, listen, animals uh, from all over the world, you know, when they're running away from predators, they dive straight into the water, they run away, they, you know, whatever, it's the, you know, the whole fight or flight mechanism. And they're saying to their citizens, you don't need anyone's permission to run away. When you need to run, just run. And if you have nowhere to run, please come to the zoo. There are many animals who aren't bound by the unhappy aspects of human society waiting for you. <laughs> so that's their, that's their pitch. If you're unhappy with the, the real world, come to the zoo. That's, that sounds so perfect. That, that sounds pretty cool. I would buy a ticket if, you know, <laughs> if that oh, was yeah. the pitch I was getting from my local zoo. Speaking of animals, have you guys ever used Tinder, the dating app? I have. I accidentally used the wrong one that I thought was Tinder. Grinder. <laughs> yeah, that didn't. It, tur- it turned out I was leading a lot of guys on, not meaning to. <laughs> well, a guy in England met a nice girl on Tinder, had a date. She came over. They hung. I think they went out to eat. Then they went back to his house to have some wine. Um, they're watching a movie or something, you know, a little Netflix and chill. And so she excuses herself and I, I don't know like what they had for dinner, but she had to use the restroom. So she goes to the restroom, she comes back and she's like panicked. Uh, and she admits to the guy, listen, man, uh, your bathroom wasn't flushing and I took a dump. Oh, and, uh, but it gets better. Not only did I take a dump and it wouldn't flush, but I didn't want you to know so I reached in with a baggie and I threw it out the window. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> so 
I guess she threw it out the window and then went somewhere that it could, like she was like afraid of the somebody saw I don't know what it's a little weird as to why she like like if I would have done that I just would have never said anything I don't understand why like she like came clean to the guy right I thought um, you were gonna tell me like it hit a cop or something no no <laughs> okay. it, like, the story is very unclear as to why she told him but essentially she she told the guy listen I did this um, and I guess like so the guy. The reason why she told him, I guess, is because, like, there's, like, a little, like, area in between the next house. There's only, like, an 18-inch area between his house and the next house. So, I guess oh maybe, like, it would have been noticed by the neighbors or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. So, the story gets even crappier. <laughs> um, so, he reached she, – basically, she's like, listen, like, let's – she's like, I, I apologize. Let me, like, let's get it or whatever. Like, I, I just want to get it. I don't want to, like, have this poop, like, on your house or next to your house or, you know, to, to, to you know, offend your neighbor. Um, she, like, tr- tries to get into the space to get the poop out. And oh, she no. gets she gets stuck. So she got stuck in between oh. the two houses trying to retrieve the poop that she threw out. And they had to call the paramedics. The paramedics had to come and like whatever, use the jaws of life or whatever they had to do to get her out. But yeah, that was in Bristol, England. Wow. In a way, you have to admire her honesty, but like just, just, just forget how it got there. You, you could put you, that is so deniable. Like I know hey, someone found someone found a poo between my neighbor's house and mine. Weird. Wow. Yeah. Wonder how that <laughs> got there. Exactly. I would have never. I would have took that to my grave. <laughs> I would have never told anybody. Yeah. There's no way. Like you'd have to like take a DNA test from me to, for me to talk to it. <laughs> exactly. And Tom, I know you know about that because of your former foray into the homeowner homeowners association world but that that's a very yes. big thing down here the doggy poop dna the, the doggy dna yeah i'm sure they have it for people Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. so speaking of poop um tom i know that you were a vegan you are a vegan i i, I can't keep up with your with your i try to consume a mostly plant-based diet yes 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 well i don't know if you've ever heard of the amy's line of like vegan or vegetarian food yeah. Well, Amy's just opened up their first ever drive-through restaurant with hopes yes. of becoming a global chain. Uh, they opened it up in Southern California, shocker, uh, but they already have plans to open up several more in California. And I'm assuming they will probably be going up the West Coast. So you probably might see some in your area very soon. Nice. It offers a pretty eclectic menu. It is. Uh, it's vegan pizzas, salads, chili cheese fries, burgers, all kinds of stuff. And it's all gluten-free, vegan, vegetarian, organic, all that stuff. So yeah. if you want to eat healthy and you want to eat quickly, uh, Amy's drive through is going to be coming to a uh, corner near you, hopefully. They're also, I guess, good for their uh, employees. They offer... Um, uh, above minimum wage. The food is still reasonably priced, but they, they offer above minimum wage and they offer full benefits. Uh, and each one of these stores has 90 employees. Holy shit. Wow. Really? Can you believe that? 90 employees? That's a just lot. Serving, just serving fast food or? I mean, it, I, I don't know what they're including in that 90 employees number, but that seems to me to be a lot, even for like a full service restaurant, right? Like that's a lot Walmart of people. Walmart with 90 employees. Yeah, that is a lot of employees. Wow. So 
I don't know. Hopefully, uh, I've never had any Amy's products, but I've heard good things about them. And uh, yeah, their stuff's good, man. Like, you want some like frozen convenience food that's like pretty tasty and like as frozen convenience food it goes isn't too bad for you. They're not too bad, man. Sweet, sweet. Uh, What is bad for you is Pennywise. Oh, uh -oh. and that Stephen King's It is coming out this weekend. that's not really the new story. The new story is, and I thought it was freaking hilarious, is that um, a town in Pennsylvania, like there's some there's somebody running around putting red balloons on storm grates. Oh like, no! All over them. <laughs> <laughs> not cool. I think that's freaking awesome. Whoever's doing that, you are the man. Like that is that's such a good idea. Whoever's doing that. <laughs> yes. And uh, with that, I'll end the news. All right. I'll say regarding it that I had not read the book when that TV like miniseries aired and a good friend of mine in high school and I admitted to each other in a moment of rare teenage honesty that we were both like sleeping with the lights on and jumping into our beds for fear that Pennywise was under there waiting to get us. (laughs) So, (laughs) and and these were, you know, we were like seniors in high school or something or juniors. I don't know what, what grade we were in, but uh, yeah. So I, if the movie's anywhere as scary as the series, yikes. I'm hoping. I really love yeah. that series. It really was good. All right. So those horrors now behind us, it's time for us to switch gears. And I think we can get away from, yeah, I don't even think I even played any survival horror games. So we can get into a much friendlier zone now. That being tonight's main topic. And that, of course, is PAX. I do love to go to PAX. PAX, as I mentioned in the intro, is the Penny Arcade Expo. A, a con that was, I think, started in 07. I don't actually know the date, but it's been going on for several years. That that date might be wildly off. But brings together, generally speaking, video game and non-video gaming under one tent. That was kind of its intent, and it does so really well, actually. And so I was going with Nick, a former host of the show. And I, I think I've mentioned on previous sort of post packs updates that when I'm with him, it's pretty much all video games. He's not really into tabletop. And so I, when I go by myself, I check out the tabletop stuff. When I go with Nick, I typically mainly do video game stuff. And that was the case this time as well. But I think I may have also mentioned that standing in line for two, three hours to play a video game is just not fun to me. And we didn't do that. We instead focused on the indies and on the bigger publisher booths that weren't wild and crazy. And I have to say as a result that this was one of the better packs I've attended in some time because I was not like standing in a two hour line to play a game for five minutes. So uh, having sort of set that up, I will now go through some of the highlights for me of the show. And I I shared some links with uh, the guys before the show. So they kind of an idea what I'm talking about. And I'll, I'll leave what I kind of consider the game of show for me until the end. And I'll get into like what, where I spent most of my time, which was the Square Enix booth. And for those of you, anybody listening to this show must know that Square makes Final Fantasy and all, have made a number of games over the years that are great. And they've got some pretty cool offerings coming up, I must say. And I will kind of sort of launch into those now. So... Did you guys play Secret of Mana back in the day? Yes, I did. I did not. Okay. 
So Brian, I know you played because we played together, Brian. I shouldn't even have asked that. Cam, it was an awesome game. And when you inevitably play it online in cooperative mode with us, you are in for a real treat. Right. It it is an action, an overhead action RPG, and they are remaking it. And remaking it pretty faithfully from what I was able to see during the time I played. The music is like the same. It's not like a, a big departure of what it was, just like kind of a better version of the music that was there. The graphics are polygonal now instead of sprite based, but they like kind of respect the original sprite design. So it's not like, you know, you've got some ultra realistic enemies and people. No, it more or less keeps the art direction, but kind of goes 3D yet as a 2D game. So I wonder if you can just still just walk around the boss. <laughs> oh, was there one that would just self-destruct or something or I what? Remember, There was like a pyramid towards the end. And at the top of it, the guy was like, no, nah, you must fight me. And you could just walk around like, no, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember that. Are you serious? I you just can just leave? Yeah, that's one of my favorite moments in video gaming. <laughs> so are they are they remaking it or are they just like remastering it? So a remaster, in my view, is just like an upping of the resolution or or maybe a re-rendering of the sprites, you know right. what I mean, or a, a redrawing of the sprites. This is going like full polygon, you know, so they're going away from sprites altogether. And I guess in a way you could consider it a remaster. Um, it, the game, like I said, it, it pretty much played identically to the original. So it, it's a remake in the sense that they are making it again, but newer and nicer looking. It's not like a reimagining, gotcha. if that makes sense. If anybody says remake in the context of Hollywood, we mean reimagining, right? Like right. they can never just like release the, 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 the same movie, but with like better special effects. So this is... Unless you're George Lucas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, this was pretty faithful. Like in the original game, and Brian will remember this, like you you could like you'd swing and hit your enemy and then it would take a couple seconds before the damage would register. And I always thought that was like a function of a slowdown in the Super Nintendo console that the game played on. But no, this game, it, well, I won't say no, maybe it was, but this game does the same thing. Like you whack the enemy and it takes them a couple minutes to like die <laughs> or not minutes, but a couple seconds. So man, yeah, they have pretty faithfully reproduce this game and it looks gorgeous sounds gorgeous and really for me the big innovation is the old game cam so the super nes came with two controller ports but there was a thing called like a multi-tap or something or a super tap whatever they called it that would let you i think plug in up to four controllers this game supported four player or sorry three player simultaneously you know on a team and this game will also support three players but with online co-op so you'll be able to like team up with your friends and play. Yeah. And did you guys catch the systems that's coming out for by chance? Didn't notice. Well, it's coming out for the PlayStation four, as you would expect. And the Vita <laughs> of oh, all things, they, really? they had it right there on the sign. Yeah. Which I really like. Cause I could see myself playing this game. And if I were to be playing with my companion, say who I'm definitely going to rope into this, I will be able to play on the Vita while she plays on the TV or vice versa. Sweet. Yeah, get some Vita playtime in. Living in a Vita Loca. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, how many times did you play through that game? I played through a few. Yeah, three, I think. Yeah, I think I think I it was between three and five for me, easily. Probably two of which were with you. <laughs> but uh and then did you ever so this game was based on a series I think called Seiken Denetsu or something in Japan. And, and this was the second installment, which was released here as Secret of Mana. 
And then there was one that after this called Sacred Dead 2 3 that had this really sweet looking artwork that I don't think ever did get released over here. But that would have been Secret of Mana 2. And you do you remember that, Brian? Did you import that, Brian? I, I think you did back in the day. I think I imported the original. Okay. The original I'm, Sacred Dead I got one of them and it was like, I don't know, either too complicated or not fun enough or no one to play with, or I did not play uh, the entire thing. I'm thinking you maybe got two. It had like a really, really cool looking, I'll just say it again, a really cool looking art style, like very much like Bahamut Lagoon, another game that never came out over here. But uh, anyway, my hope is that if this does well enough, we will actually get a localization of that game redone in this polygonal style because i have a feeling this is going to sell very well indeed it's gonna bring in those nostalgia dollars so yeah secret of mana look for that on the playstation and the vita i think in february was the release date for that so should be should be pretty cool and let's see still sticking with the square enix booth um Obviously, I've been talking about Final Fantasy 15. I'm behind the times playing it. It's like, you know, already, what, a year old or something like that or several months old. But uh, I'm still enjoying the game. And as I was in the Square Enix booth, I was hearing like some familiar voice acting. Like the, basically the beginning scene of Final Fantasy 15. And I look up and I see these like little chibi or what used to be called super deformed characters. And it turns out that they are for like tablets and maybe phones, but at least for tablets, portable devices, let's just say, making Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition. And yeah, that looks really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it would be cool if there was like some kind of a game save transfer, but anyway, near as I can tell, it's the same game, but done in that like chibi style. And Brian, I need your help with terminology because I was bouncing it back and forth with people. What we used to call super deformed, is that just, is that just chibi or are they like the same thing? Eh, I think it's, evolved over the years uh chibi just means anything cute so chibi could possibly not be super deformed okay i just assumed like super deformed was now politically incorrect or offensive so they <laughs> they went away from that anyway yeah so 15 cam if, if you if you're interested at all in it i think i what i gathered from the lady i was really peppering them with more questions than they, they probably wanted I believe it is one of those deals where maybe like the first level's free and then you just, you could you could just pay for each chapter of the game essentially. So an interesting way to sell an RPG chapter by chapter. But uh yeah, if you're interested, I think you could just buy it piecemeal like that. Or I'm sure there's some deal where you just buy the whole thing. I, I kind of recommend not buying chapter 4. <laughs> Wait, what happened in chapter 4? I don't recall. That was that a terrible ending? Dude. I mean, I, I guess you, I don't want to ruin it for you. Enjoy your game. Oh, 15? I already read all the spoilers. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be like, you say terrible, like sad or terrible? No, I just thought it was really stupid. Ah, uh, so you didn't beat it. You just went through and read read, read the end. <laughs> I, I, I really did not enjoy that game. Oh, man. So you say you spared yourself further gameplay and just, yeah. you know, read the spoiler, so to speak. Yeah. Um. I can see where somebody who's more of an RPG, like a traditional RPG purist, like I think you are, would not, Brian. And even while we were playing, you registered some legit complaints, I felt. But uh, for whatever reason, the game just drew me in and now I'm like into it. 
So, okay, Brian does not recommend Final Fantasy 15 or Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition. I recommend both. I think Cam might be interested in the Pocket Edition, so we might have a convert on our hands. I mean, if you enjoy it, certainly play it. Like, try it out, especially if it's free. Yeah. Well, let, let me ask a question here, and, and maybe I'm, I'm just obtuse. Um, why can't you? Because you, you, Tom, you had said something about, you know, compatibility or, or, or you know, crossover ability for the pocket edition and the console edition. Why? I mean, we live like these days, like everything syncs with everything these days. You know what I'm saying? Right. Why, why couldn't you play on your phone or on your whatever? And then it just automatically back up to, cause I mean, all of our consoles are on Wi-Fi, right? So why couldn't it just back up to my console? And I, and then I just pick up my controller when I got home and just play from there. So interesting question, Cam, I, I, I'll, Answer it by sort of giving you maybe some hope. I believe, and don't quote me on this, but that pinball game that I referenced, which is called like, oh, it's not Hero Force 5. It's called Justice Monsters 5. Okay. That's the pin. That's the in-game pinball game. I think that they have uh, like a mobile version of this game, right? And I think, again, don't quote me on it, but I think you get in-game bonuses or maybe you would get the award from playing in the game by playing on this mobile version, right? So they can tie in that, you know what I mean? And there's another game I'm going to get to that I assume may also have a tie-in because it's based on another in-game game that like the heroes like to play. That's actually actually the next thing I'm going to discuss. Um, but regarding like why you can't play back and forth, I think this mobile game would either have to be pretty one-to-one or would have to be like broad strokes kind of one-to-one enough so that your state in this mobile game could map to your state in the main game. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know, totally. But that's what I'm saying is I don't get why. Because it's not like, it's not the old days where like, you know, phones were so crappy. There was like no way you could get any kind the same kind of like graphics or whatever, you know, processing like that you get on a, on your phone that you could get on a console. I feel like they're pretty even if, if not, if anything, the phone's more advanced than the goddamn uh, console these days. You know what I mean? Like why, why couldn't you just run through like a level on your phone and then it just backs up to the cloud or whatever. And then that syncs with your, syncs with your console. How long did you get to play Tom? I did not. I did not get to play that. I don't think I, I saw videos for it and I was looking around the booth. I may have just missed it for the crowd, but I did not see that playable. I would bet it's significantly enough different. Like I cannot see a game that in depth doing well mobile. The mobile mm. market's entirely you think, different. You want 15, 20 minute things. So you think it might be like cliff notes or kind of trimmed down? I would I would bet cliff notes gameplay with like full story well you know what if they did so if they did that if, if what you're saying is right and i i think that you might be brian to cam's point couldn't could they could this be another case where there's in-game rewards for playing it like you complete chapter one in this and like you get some kind of item to help you in chapter one in the main game you know what i mean it, if it can't be a one-to-one save like a one-to-one cloud save like cam was kind of hoping for yeah i, don't I, I would think there would be some kind of way to do that I, I love the idea of tying it back is what i'm saying yeah i mean i get that that's cool too i mean that would be awesome if like all right so while i'm not not that you had to do it but say like 
I was just sitting at the DMV or something, and and I like you know how like in certain games there's like in order to get unlock something or whatever there's like a puzzle you know or something like that you know what I mean like you could sit on your phone and do the puzzle, and then if you were successful with that puzzle it would notify your game on your console that hey he unlocked the puzzle so he like you said he gets this item or he gets whatever you know some aspect of the game that you could do like a side mission on your phone and then that would sync to your to your to your console so that you it knew that like you had completed these things yeah i i think that's doable do do you brian do you think like a a pared down sort of tying back into the game is doable i mean the trophy system could have the trophy system could arrange that couldn't it could do yeah yeah the actual trophy or achievements or something like that sure and uh man i hope i'm not talking to my butt about hero force 5 but i'm pretty sure it it does tie back so yeah i don't know potentially doable let's assume for the rest of this discussion that there is tie-in between all of these you know tablet and mobile games and the and the main final fantasy 15 because to me that kind of expands the game in, in interesting ways and I'm glad you I'm glad you guys are thinking that way because that's how I thought too. As soon as I saw the game, like is this is this somehow compatible or tied in? Even if it's just another way to play the same story with the main game. So. I, how do you feel about playing the exact same story twice though? Like, what kind of what's the point of that? The story I don't mind. I, I think I would like different game. I would like different mechanics. Like if it was the same story, but I was I'm having a different experience. Does that make sense? I I don't know if I'd want the story presented in pocket edition before i got to it in the main game uh, i don't know would that bother you cam if you were playing both if you if you got some story spoilers in one version versus the other i mean spoilers would bother me yeah but no but i think it would be cool that like there was like additional content or only you know content you could only get if you played through the phone you know what i'm saying yeah i i, I like that idea a lot better like supplemental not right the same thing yeah, the, it was probably a little much to to ask of the people working at the booth, but I was definitely like trying to hammer them, like and ask, "Hey, is this the same game? Is it is it pretty much one to one? Does it have a new content?" And they were like, "Oh, I think it's more or less the same, kind of. I don't know." Yeah, it's a great booth. You think they'd have people that knew that who were in the booth, right? There was one dork, but yeah. <laughs> well, it seems to me like okay. So you remember when Fallout came out, and then they had the Fallout. Um, what was that vault or whatever shelter um, yeah Fallout shelter yeah like i feel like they lost an opportunity there to like really tie the games together it was to me it was more of like a cash grab for like to buy those stupid little lunch boxes or whatever you know what i mean yes i agree i, I was hoping for a tie a, a tie together too cam like it would be it would have been more rewarding you know what i mean yeah, and you can't tell me that the technology's not there to do that. There's got, I mean, maybe not a one to one. I get that, but like, there's definitely the technology has to be there to to tie in additional content. No, it is, it is, but I think in the case of Fallout, maybe they were they probably went to the main dev team of the game, you know, because that game is like one of those Skyrim type things where your save state is like super complicated, right. and they're like, hey, can we add a bunch of variables for this tablet game? And they were probably like, uh, no. <laughs> just <laughs> bounced it out yeah. but i don't know maybe final fantasy's got that a little better uh managed now would it annoy you like would it annoy you if you got to a point in your game and it was like well sorry you can't go any further until you go on your phone and complete you know the fucking um, whatever the, the xyz <laughs> you know the 
the beach buddy mission or whatever. If I had opted into that, if I had opted into like, you know, full experience where I have to play through each version or something, yeah, yeah I wouldn't mind at all. But if they like suddenly like as of today, since we released this mobile version, you know, you can't access this area until you go buy our other game. That would be uncool. Yeah. So yeah, we'll um we'll see. We'll see to what extent those are tied together. Uh, I have some hope, some hope that there there may be some tie together between those two, but I have great hope for this next game I'm going to mention, since we're still talking about Final Fantasy 15. So there is a game that I believe is referenced in 15, and that was an actual NES game back in the day, right, Brian? Yep. Yes. Called King's Night. And during cutscenes, when the characters aren't like advertising cup noodle or Coleman tense, not kidding, Cam, <laughs> um, which are apparently are sponsors of the game, uh, they are talking about, hey, you want to play some King's Night? All right, you're on. So when they're not whoring for someone else, they're whoring for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're whoring for themselves. So I'll be dead if I look over, if I don't see this game called King's Knight Wrath of the Dark Dragon. And like, I look at it and Nick's like, oh God, no way. I'm like, ah, I'll try it. I walk over and man, I was like into it. <laughs> like I was, it, it's basically like a, I don't know how to describe it. Like it, it's a scrolling kind of first person shooter type thing where you have to clear paths for yourself by defeating enemies or opening or opening doors or what have you. And so I, sh- I should have clued me in that there was an original NES game. I thought they were just showing like the graphics from the in-game game, but they showed like this NES screen. Then, sh- then they showed like a cool like melt out effect as it turned into this modern version. And uh, I'm not a big mobile gamer, but I might pick this up. Dude, that original game was fun as shit. Yeah, this one was too. This one was shockingly fun. So I may, I may give it a go. And I have hope that this is going to have like an in-game tie-in. I don't know if you can play this in 15 or not, but if you can, then I would think that there would be an in-game tie-in. Maybe you can unlock a new jacket for your characters to wear. <laughs> your characters stop complaining about how hot it is if you get them the new, like, breathable, <laughs> like, fantasy jacket or whatever, right? Also, not kidding. Yeah, they do, Can There's, like, this voice acting and, like, you're walking... So they're all wearing, like, black leather in the desert. And they're like running around like, man, it's hot. Take off your shirt or something. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if like you wear like white lace if they stop complaining. Yeah. So kind of, kind of a compelling mobile game, which is new for me. And another game too, actually this one, I don't think I linked to you guys, but apparently Square Enix is entering the MOBA category with this game that i got a free swag bag for for demoing this and actually beating the demo it's called flame flame by blaze flame x blaze i don't know it's it's the word flame and x and then blaze so however the hell you pronounce that um but it's basically like i I guess i've never really played a moba but that this is sold as a moba and uh, it seemed to play as a MOBA. Basically, it's you on one team, the enemy on another team, and you're both powering up your like power generators. And then when they go online, the goal is to take the enemy's like boss down before they take yours down. Does that sound like anything you guys have played? Close enough. Everything you guys have played? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's... And there's basically two factions, Flame and Blaze, and you get to pick like what characters you want to play. And I don't know. It seemed cool. It seemed like... I, 
I'm not a good competitive game player, but this seemed like something I might be able to grasp. And I've long been looking for like that niche competitive game that really not a lot of other people are playing that I could be okay at. <laughs> I, de- I definitely am not going to get into like League or um, Dota or even from a first person perspective. I'm definitely not getting anywhere near. Um, oh, what's that one that's so freaking popular by Blizzard? Hots. Uh, Warcraft or uh, Heroes of the Storm? No, not even Heroes of the Storm. That, that's a MOBA too, right? I think, or is it a shooter? I don't even remember now. Uh, damn it. What's it called? The It's the shooter everyone's Overwatch? talking about with like the Overwatch. Yes, uh, yes, yes. I'm not, it looks cool. I'm not going to get anywhere near that because I'll get wrecked, right? This might be something niche enough for me to, for us, I should say, to be able to master. And then we can somehow stream it on Caffeine TV and boom, we found our, our, our niche, guys, at last. We just have to get cuter. And, you know, get a good following. No? Doesn't sound appealing? Okay, okay. All right. Well, guess I'll cancel my hair and nails appointment. <laughs> Brian, you're not you're not into uh, selling sex appeal and gaming skill? I'm all for getting cuter. <laughs> yeah. I'm all for it, too. I haven't figured out how. Anyway, that's Flame by X. Flame, flame, the Flame X Blaze, whatever. Flame Blaze, let's just call it. I did enjoy that as well. Don't think it has a tough Final Fantasy 15 tie-in. Let's see. I think I only have a couple more on my list. Oh, okay. Brian, you'll remember one of the first like import games I bought for the Super NES back in the day. It was a fighting game based on a cartoon that had not yet been released here on Cartoon Network. Dragon Ball Z. Yes. So whatever the Dragon Ball Z series was on the Super NES, the first series... We bought part two of that. We went to like the local import game store and like, what's this game? The guy's like, blah, 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 Dragon Ball? I'm like, yeah, yeah, that, I'll take it. We brought that game home knowing nothing about the anime. Nobody knew anything about it. This was years before it came out. And at the time it was like killer, right? That game was just insane. Yeah, that was, I mean, it was everything about Street Fighter, but all new moves, all new characters. It was great. Yeah, it, we discovered something completely new with a different enough mechanic that it made it interesting. And yeah, characters that were awesome. Something everybody wanted more of. Right. And we were like the only two people probably in South Florida that had it. <laughs> and it was so weird. Like I, I I don't try to pull the like, I liked it before it was cool, like hipster thing very often. In fact, I never do. But I mean, we were like into Dragon Ball before we even knew what it was, Brian. Yep. So yeah. Uh, anyway. Whoops. I hit the mic. So yeah, Cam, obviously you're familiar with Dragon Ball Z. The... Of course. Yeah, yeah. Brian and I just told our story of our exposure to it before we knew what it was. It wasn't until I got the basic training later and talked to a, a guy, a recruit from the Philippines. I talked about this game. He's like, oh, Dragon Ball. And he proceeded to tell me the whole story, which made me think it was even cooler, which in fairness, it kind of was. But they're releasing a new game called Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I believe for the PlayStation exclusively. Anyway, that's what we played it on. And wow. It turned out I wasn't a huge Dragon Ball Z fan due to who knows what, but I like it enough that I'm going to get this game. It's it's what you've always wished for. Like it is the cartoon, like come to life in a video game, like insanely good looking. And um, 
just all like the frenetic gameplay you would expect the absolute fluid animation like the remember brian in the super nest one how you could like blast each other with those like mega blasts and then like yep. same thing but of course now it's like just beautiful high frame rate animation and you get to select all the villains and heroes from the various series pretty insane and i'm sure they're going to release new characters through dlc and uh gotta milk you somehow <laughs> yeah i don't think i shared a trailer of that with you guys but it is available or maybe i did on the dragon ball fighter z site yeah it, it, like the, the the way the animation blends into the gameplay is pretty flawless and i'm assuming there's gonna be online plays so if you guys want to take me on i will be vegeta most of the time nice. the coolest guy the coolest character who would you pick? I mean, I just about pick a character that you would play. Trunks, yo. Yeah. All right. Okay. Trunks is a good, Trunks is a respectable choice. What about you, Cam? I don't know. I'm a neophyte. Uh, who would you guys suggest for me? Um, Krillin. He's the coolest guy in the series. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> Krillin, Piccolo. Uh, let's see, Yamcha. I'm picking all the scrubs that. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, you know, the funny thing is, like, when I play games like that, like. Like whenever I play, like, actually, you know, it's funny. The other day we had a, a little little get together, like a week or two ago, and like somebody brought over one of those like emulator, like fake NES, or it was a, it was actually a, um, what are those things called? The Pi. Oh, right? Raspberry oh, Pi. Raspberry Pi. Raspberry Pi, yeah. And uh, I was playing Mortal Kombat after like twenty years. <laughs> nice. And uh, I, I always like to pick the scrubs. Cause like I don't know, I feel like it's it's more of an achievement if you beat somebody with a scrub. It's easy yes. if they pick like Blanca in like Street Fighter. You know what I'm saying? Right. But like, right. If, you know, if you beat somebody with like one of the scrubs, that's, that's pretty cool. I can relate. When Street Fighter Four came out, I got really good with Dan, who was inserted, <laughs> <laughs> who was created as a mockery of SNK, uh, Capcom's one-time rival, yeah. and I got good enough at him that people would bring out bring out like akuma and i would like give them a run for their money (laughs) yeah yeah you might like this game cam i think it's one of those like if you press enough buttons you could be competitive smash yeah yeah that's the kind of fighter for me my days of being a technical like you know yeah for sure those days are long long gone so i mean i never really was i I mean you know like i I mean i played that when i was a kid but like I've I've always been more of a puzzler, you know. Like I I much rather do a campaign with like God of War, Bioshock, like those kind of things. Like I want to figure shit out and play through like a cinematic immersive campaign, rather than just like sitting there and like getting pissed off at my brother because he's fucking owning me all day, you know. <laughs> In a shooter. Yeah, uh, competitive games can be frustrating. I I was for the Super NES. I was pretty surgical when it came to um, Street Fighter. I got yep. really good at that, but that was. That was probably the highlight of my competitive play days. Have you guys ever played a game called Rivals of Ether? Rivals of Ether? I don't think so. What's that all about? Rivals of A-E-T-H-E-R. Oh, Aether. No, I don't think Aether, so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a, it's sort of like that. It's, it's, it's what, I mean, it, it's a, it's a very like cartoony, anime-y like fight game, basically. Like one-on-one fight game or two-on-two. Hmm, no, that sounds, the title sounds cool. Yeah, I think you guys might like it. I, I only ask because I, I have a buddy that, uh, that uh, he like play, it's it's not a well-known game, but um, it, it, he, he plays it competitively. Like he's like sponsored and stuff, you know, whatever. And it seems pretty cool, but it's like, again, it just sort of came to my mind because we were talking about like, you can't just 
mash buttons. I mean, these guys like have like serious combos, like technical skill in terms of like their finger movements and like what they're, do- you know, what they're doing. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't, uh, that's not for me anymore. <laughs> yeah. I just get frustrated by that. I'm like, yeah, goodbye. I tried to play, uh, do you remember Guilty Gear when that came out a few years back? I never played it. I remember when it came out. But I- there was Guilty Gear. There was like Blaz Blue. I mean, I, I'm i like, oh, these games look awesome. But like, you have to like be so precise with what you're doing yeah. to play worth a shit. I'm just like, yeah. And then I would like, thought I was doing cool moves and there's like some cool way to like reverse it and make it like punish me. <laughs> yeah. I need a game that rewards button mashing nowadays, not, not punishes it. <laughs> I think Dragon Ball fit the bill until I end up getting wrecked by some 12-year-old online who's figured out how to counter me. <laughs> with Dan. Yeah, with, with the equivalent of Dan. Probably with Yamcha, the unlockable character. <laughs> okay, so I'm down to two final games I want to discuss. I have shared them with you, and I'm sure you guys know they are uh, what, what they are, but let, let's just play ignorant for a moment. You guys have heard of Marvel, right? The comic book outfit? I think I may have. Yeah, I think they're like partners with Disney, the the Mickey Mouse people. And uh, Capcom, have you heard of them? They make uh, they made some games like Street Fighter and Ghouls and Ghosts and uh, oh, one or two others I can't really think of right now. I heard of them? Small titles, yeah. Yeah, small, small game publisher. Well, it turns out over the years, they've released a series of fighting games called Marvel vs. Capcom. And it's like some sort of a mashup between the Marvel and Capcom characters, if you can believe it. And, uh, (laughs) anyway, (laughs) yeah, it sounds like it might be a winner. So they thought it was such a winner that they are releasing Marvel versus Capcom infinite, which wow. Absolutely gorgeous. Like played several rounds of that. And, um, the only complaint I have, I don't even want to offer a complaint as I'm trying to like sell you on this game. The only complaint I have no Wolverine. Now, why would that be? Do they have uh, X-23? They had no X-Men. Oh, they had, Sony, right? That's my guess. Yeah, it's down to who owns the licensing for the X-Men stuff. So That's a shame. Yeah, yeah. but we'll see. Maybe they'll they'll figure out a way to license it or something. Wasn't it a uh, Capcom Marvel that had the, uh, like the Japanese Urkel? Yes, yes. Copyright <laughs> complaints and couldn't be released here. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. They didn't learn their lesson. Yeah, his name was... So if you imported your games, his name was like Noramon or something like that. And yeah, you could play him in the import version. But I, yeah, they didn't <laughs> They didn't bring that out. But anyway, one of the highlights of this game was a mashup character called uh, Ultron Sigma. So I'll... I think I might leave it at that. But... He's the character you'll see highlighted in many of the uh, advertisements, I'm sure. And and obviously the villain, I think. So really badass. I think I actually, if I haven't posted, I will post to our Instagram a picture I took of like their display with that character sitting on a big like throne. Pretty badass. So um, apart from that, like a lot of the, there was like uh, Morgan, Morgan from Night Stalkers was there. Uh, I believe there was Iron Man. I think Cap was in it. You, uh, Mega Man or Mega X, whatever the hell his name is. Um, let's see. Oh, they're the guy from... Uh, what's the zombie game they make? Dead Rising? Yeah, he was in there. Frank? Yeah, Frank was a character. That's funny. I'm pretty sure. Unless I'm imagining that. Of all people, 
remember Biotic Commando, that game they re-released, they did a 3D version of like maybe six, seven years ago and like all the critics just like destroyed it, but I liked it. Yeah. Well, that character's in there too. Wait, the original or the... I think the Dreadlock guy. Dread- I think the... All right. Yeah, if I recall right. So they stood by their man. Anyway, that guy's there, so it's cool regardless. Um, let's see, who else? Oh, Ken and Ryu, obviously. Uh, I don't remember if Chun-Li was in there. But a lot of the usual suspects were there. It was just like, no Wolverine, therefore no Berserker Barrage. But I'm sure there's a character that plays like him that I just didn't notice. And uh, all the new, all the game's media is reporting that this game actually has like an actual story to it and everything that they spent quite a lot of time on. And we spoke to a friend of Nick's, well, an associate of Nick's, I guess. This guy who's on a, uh, for a number of years, been on another podcast, well, a very popular, not another podcast, an extremely popular podcast called Laser Time, who um, has, I think, taken a sabbatical from that to work for Capcom. But uh, yeah, he was saying, yeah, they spent a lot of time actually fleshing out the story. So this this is a fighting game with a story that actually, you know, means something. Yeah. So Cam, that'll draw, that, that fits the bill for you. It is yeah, a fighting game. And uh, has a rich, deep story. Right in my <laughs> sweet spot. <enough>. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did not pick up Street Fighter Five, so this might be my like Street Fighter esque game of this generation. We'll see. Got a lot on my plate. <laughs> and uh, so you would think with those blockbusters, that would be it. That would be like, all right, what a what a show, what great games I played. But there was actually kind of an indie game to be released for PC and consoles that kind of stole the show for me. And it was called, and I want to make sure I, I look at the title 20 times to just make sure I'm like seeing it right. Cause it has like some strange characters in it, but it's basically just called away journey to the unexpected. And I did share the link to this with you guys prior to the show. Were you able to take a look at it? Kind of see the gameplay and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean that, to me, it was. I'll give you my impression of it, and then I'd like to hear yours. It was basically like an anime projected into like a 3D world, and you had like these sort of 2D anime style characters projected into this pretty awesome like 3D world. That it's kind of like a first person like hack and slash, let's just say, as opposed to a shooter. Although it is a shooter, you get like little magic you throw at people, and I would consider the art style. Well, I'd like to hear your take on it. To me, it reminds me of sort of the those like uh, collaborations that have taken place over the years between like French studios and Japanese studios. And the game is actually made by a studio by a game studio out of France. So I don't know. It has action. It has the RPG elements, the action elements, and the anime sort of aesthetic all bundled into one. And like that's pretty much the winning formula for me. I don't know what I don't know what you guys think based on the video I linked. Why is there a frog in the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> uh that's just a character you encounter uh at the beginning and he's like hey can i live in your toilet and you're like yeah okay or or you can tell him to leave <laughs> huh can I live in your t- it adds to the whimsy brian what, what kind of a question is that okay <laughs> yeah like at the beginning of the game like at the beginning of the demo you're like walking around your house and you walk in and there's a frog there and you're like what are you doing in the toilet he's like oh i decided i'd you know live in the toilet and you get like some uh, some dialogue choices one of them's like disgusting which I guess you would pick. And then there's the other one that's like, yeah, you can stay here. Fine. I think he gives you an item if you let him stay. It's an RPG, bro. <laughs> Get into the fantastical elements. I like the, uh, I like the anime like intro. 
I don't know. The game looked a little different than the anime, or yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I... <laughs> I mean, it doesn't show much, but that uh, that uh, shopkeeper, whatever. Er. Well, it's basically the same style. Like all of the all the characters and the enemies are two D are rendered in two D and are like in the same style as the opening animation, more or less. And uh, the it, the world is all, you know, texturized polygons, but like kind of done somewhat cartoony. So you may not have seen it from that opening scene when you're in the house, but the they do, try, I think, try to stick with that aesthetic. The, uh, the action looks fun. I mean, I whack bats with a stick. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, kind of a Skyrim-y type of thing, except, you know, way more. Way more anime, way more chibi, I guess I should say. Maybe. So, <laughs> so would not have been game of, out of all the things I described, that would not have taken game of the uh, show for you necessarily, Brian? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I, I absolutely, seriously love uh, King King's Night. I'm super excited about that coming back. Oh. So, unfair competition. <laughs> I can accept that. I can accept that. What about you, Cam? Are you on board with this being like the best game ever? No, I mean it looks. I mean, I, 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 I see. You <laughs> no, like, I mean I get why you would like it. I just it's not definitely not my cup of tea. I mean it's way too, uh, like I said, super happy fun time anime for me. Oh uh, my goodness! I mean it's visually appealing. It's visually appealing. It's it's it looks cool. It's just definitely not something that would hold my attention very long. It's like I'm. It's like I'm doing a podcast with monsters. I honestly just cannot believe this. <laughs> um, Brian, here, this will win you over. I scrolled through some of the screenshots, and it's showing the scene when you're talking to the frog in the toilet, and he's got some dialogue under him. Allow me to read it. Ribbit, ribbit. And in parentheses, that tra- that translates to I'm so glad to take this bath. Thanks for letting me use your bathroom. You guys are such a lovely family. You can't tell the frog no after that. And then he asks if he can stay there and you can either tell him to beat it or, or go ahead and enjoy the bath. <laughs> I, I, I don't really want a frog in my house. and I don't really <laughs> want a frog who's bathed in the toilet in my house. Oh my goodness. This one, this one little, you know, side point of the story, they, you know, they've just totally lost you, Brian, with this frog. I'll, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll write in and say, listen, you could be, I know you're a French studio, but the prominence of the frog <laughs> is putting those of us of an Anglo persuasion right off. So <laughs> I hope there's a good demo for this. I'd like to try the gameplay. Actually, they uh, I think they're going to be I put us down. I put our email address down on the list. I think they're going to perhaps release a demo or an early download or something. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it's supposed to be coming for Steam and, and consoles. So uh, I believe that's going to include playstation xbox and the switch so at least that's what the dude at the booth was uh telling me so should be great better be great (laughs) huge huge terrific anyway that was the that was the game for me but i i think there was a real theme here most of the games i liked were square yeah (laughs) square enix and uh either fighting games or, or everything was japanese i don't think i liked a single american game this year and brian i only bring that up because you know that that's like 16 year old me coming back to life american i'm not playing it (laughs) yeah so it was a great pax for me i I have to say this might be the best pax experience i've ever had and that includes last year when it was like vr central no that changed 
Oh yeah, VR by the way, n- not nearly as highlighted this year as last, which means either they're satisfied that they've got the market penetration they want or eh, something else. But that also made for fewer lines. Like you'd you'd go somewhere and it was a 20, you know, a, an hour and a half line to play some VR stuff. And there wasn't as much of that. And there weren't like a lot of the booths last year were like these gigantic rooms, essentially, because they were, you had to go into the area to play the VR stuff. And it was a lot more open this year. That that sounds really hard to pull off at a con. Yeah. Got to get people suited. Got to get them in. Yeah. And there were these massively long lines like wrapping around. And of course, the you know enforcers you know, don't wait around to get in the line. You got to keep the crowd moving and blah, 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 blah. Um. One more thing I'll mention, a company whose presence last year was a little bit underwhelming kind of really did it big this year. That is Nintendo. Evidently, this Switch thing is taken off and they've got some pretty popular games. So good on Nintendo. The Switch appears to be a success, like whereas the Wii U, you know, nobody can call much of a of a win. It seems like they've kind of regained their mojo with this system. I mean, it seems to me that's like what most people are playing these days yeah and i was talking about this with nick at the show and after the show it's becoming a real consideration of whether or not you're going to support the switch or not and like what kind of a reaction are the playstation and the xbox owners of which i am both uh going to have when like games get nerfed so that they can be ported to the switch right <laughs> like, like the graphics are, aren't what they could be because you know they wanted to make sure that the switch could have the game too We'll see if that happens. I can't imagine, dude. No one is going to dump down a PlayStation Four game for Switch. What are the numbers? Do you know offhand? I know the Switch has already pretty much. I think it's already gotten to where the Wii U was, and it's only been out for a very short amount of time. So it's still one tenth what PS Four is. Yeah, but then again, the Switch has four point seven million units as of this link which is july 29th not knocking that like very impressive like i'm kind of excited for nintendo but i, I don't think like ea is going to dump down a game to sell one tenth the units yeah i mean well i i i i am inclined to agree with you brian i am but you know it only released in march and it's already sold almost five million units so which makes me like it more because i want a console to have a personality not just be a choice of which game you want to play on which console. Oh, so you think we might get back to the old Sega Nintendo days where you had a version made for that console as opposed to just the same thing ported to both? I would like to have that game is not available. Oh, exclusive stuff. Yeah. Come on, dude. Especially these days. Who doesn't have two, three hundred dollars just to drop on a console? I mean, if you're really into this hobby, they're not that expensive. We're not talking about kids anymore. Like people have like five thousand dollar televisions and shit. Like, good point, Brian. Good point. I like exclusivity, or I like versions of the game that are that are radically different. You know, radically different. I'd be on board with, but just like versions, kind of scares me. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, like, okay. For example, remember Ninja Turtles? Like they release. I think it wasn't Ninja Turtles. I think they released one on the Genesis and they released one on the Super NES. Yeah, but those were totally different games, right? Right. They were similar, but different. Like, I would like that to yeah, come back. I, I, I'd, I'd be on board with that. But when I think, like, when I think available on two consoles, I always, like, Cam mentioned it earlier, like, do you want milk or blood in your Mortal Kombat? <laughs> right. Right. I, 
I want blood. Why are you even asking? So don't even bother with the milk version. Right. I mean, no, don't don't buy the game for that system. Right. Agreed. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. Okay. I, that you answered my question. I, I was asking that kind of as a uh, I don't know, switch advocate, but I, yeah, I don't see them nerfing a game for the sake of one console unless the, unless the Switch becomes obscenely dominant, which I don't see. I see it being successful, but not necessarily dethroning the other two. Um, but we have a three-way console, you know, ecosystem again, which I do like. See, I they got so. five million. They're on their way to pass the Xbox. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, actually, that's true. Microsoft might be third place this time around, which makes them hungry and, and, and fight. So For some bizarre reason, Microsoft will be third and fourth place. <laughs> oh, what, with the 360 or? The X. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that, like, the X is a new iteration. Still not really sure uh, what the deal is with that, but nope. Hmm. Anyway, maybe we'll find out at PAX next year. You guys should come with me. We, we should we should do a PAX trip one year, guys. It's it's really fun, and I'd like it if we all went together. We have a whole year to plan it. Be down for that. Cool. Well, you'll be at PAX Unplugged. Uh, what? I will. I will be. Uh, that's in November. November. Okay, so that'll be your intro to the Paxiverse, Cam, and then. Yeah, yeah. Hey, why don't you finagle that into? Uh... <laughs> well, I guess you're going. You're representing a company, but I was gonna say you should finagle us into getting into the other PAX shows, but. <laughs> We'll, yeah, we'll happily be the podcast uh, outlet for for your games company. Anyway. That'd be sweet. Yeah, it would. Uh, but yeah, the, the strategizing and scheming aside, you guys have some uh, strategizing and planning to do, I know, to get ready for this not-at-all-game storm that's coming toward you, um, which I hope tracks east and away from you, but being it that we cannot read or... Being that we cannot see into the future, I should probably let you guys go and finish your preparations. So, uh, we may or may not be recording an episode next week. I'm going to lean towards not, given what I know about hurricanes. And that said, I... Having power within a few days is pretty optimistic. Yeah, I think I... Like, when Wilma hit, it was like two weeks for me, which was just awful. I think the only saving grace was we got a cold front right after that, which, like, cooled it down a bit. But, uh... Yeah. We'll see. So, so audience, savor this episode. Who knows when we'll record again? And of course, first and foremost, we hope that Cam and Brian and everybody in the path of this storm uh, are okay and get back to a normal life and uh, as soon as possible. And maybe it'll blow out to the ocean and die. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. But uh, hope so. Yeah. But that dire uh, topic out of the way. Why don't we wrap this episode up? I think I will begin by reminding our listeners that, see, I, want, I don't know if I should go weather joke here or <laughs> gaming joke. Weather joke seems in poor taste, right? Depends on how bad it is. No, it won't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll remind our listeners that they can enjoy Gale Force Entertainment every week <laughs> by checking out the Nerd Stravaganza podcast on iTunes or wherever they get their podcasts. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, add us to your Google circle, and join the Nerd Extravaganza HQ group on Facebook. 
blow on over to our website, nerdstravaganza.com, uh, and check out all of our past episodes and other awesome content. Uh, track your way <laughs> over to YouTube and uh, type Nerdstravaganza into the handy dandy search bar. Check out all of our videos and shoot us an email at nerdstravaganza at gmail.com and let us know what you're doing to prepare for the hurricane or just watch it on TV. And with that hurricane update out of the way, Brian, fly us on out of here. Now that this episode's over, I'm off to enjoy a delicious cup noodle. <laughs> <laughs> cup noodle. <laughs> <laughs>